We are back, my friends, and this time we are talking about increasing and improving intimacy. We cannot not talk about this in February. If you're wanting to level up your romance and your relationship and you're not really sure how to, today's episode will really help with that as Kenzie and I both give our top three tips on how to increase that romance right now in simple ways. We're going to give you wisdom from our own lives and from clients and our expertise in the field of mental health and wellness to show you where you can start and begin enjoying your love life even more. So let's hop in and I will see you inside. Hey parents, welcome to Fulfillment Therapy. Do you want to raise your kids better and have a stronger marriage? Are you up late at night researching marriage and parenting tools and self-care tips? Do you start each day hoping for deeper connections and less chaos, but it ends with family arguments and going 12 different directions again? My name's Kendra, wife, mom, therapist, and growth enthusiast. It wasn't until I discovered how to fulfill my unmet needs that I was finally able to show up as my best self, as a spouse and parent. I realized that by meeting my needs, I could more fully meet the needs of my family with more energy and less resentment. In this podcast, I teach parents skills like boundary setting, prioritizing personal needs, communication, and claiming ownership. Just like my clients, you'll be shocked by the improvement in your marriage, parenting, and personal life when you focus on fulfilling your important, unmet needs. Ready to prioritize yourself so you can quit mentally throat-punching people? Then grab those earbuds and head outside, and let's walk and talk. So now going on the other side, we're talking about dun-dun-dun, intimacy. intimacy. Oh, yours is even better. <laughs> I'd like and it. Delilah. <laughs> I need one of those. Why don't I have one of those? I know. A jingle. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to think about that. I like to just share anything, but because this is not an explicit one, we still have this sort of talking code in case... Little ears are listening, although I think little ears should hear all these things personally. I mean, maybe not all of the things, but yeah, this is all about, yeah, exactly. But this is about increasing and improving intimacy. So do you mind sharing your first one this time? Yeah. Kind of similar to play. It is play, let's be honest. It is. Prioritizing <laughs> couple time. Uh-huh. And that can be a wide array. <laughs> yeah. In or out of the bedroom. But a couple time, I think, like you were saying, date nights, flirting even, like Ooh. throughout the day. Yeah, what does that look like? A little smack on the butt or as you walk past them. That's my favorite. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Kissing in front of your kids. I think mm-hmm. that one's really important for both the couple relationship, but also for your kids to see. I think pillow talk for me is really important. Often leads right into some other fun things. Monopoly? (laughs) Exactly. Those really fun bed games. You're right. That is actually our code word for intimacy. You want to play Monopoly? (laughs) (laughs) 
I've just given away my secret. I need a code. I need a code name. <laughs> Our I'm friends are. Right, you want to make soup? I think the kids have picked on at this point, but that makes me laugh a lot. You want to make soup? <laughs> soup. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I interrupted you, but no, that was it. Yeah. Prioritize couple time and making it intentional. I love that you guys are going on a date. We're going to go on a date tonight too. So we try and do weekly date nights. I'm so jealous. You're going to probably snorkel with my sea turtle and I'm so jealous. I mean, I don't know if you are, but that's what I would do on my We're date. going to the ocean. Well then, there you go. I know. I love it. Come visit. There's a plug for you guys. Come in June. Plug. Yeah. Go retreat. What I wanted to say, prioritizing couple time, I just love that. And I think you don't maybe notice those things until they're gone. And then you're like, oh, yeah, like pillow talk. Those nights when they're just not coming to bed at the same time or vice versa, or there's not those date nights or those walks or whatever those things are, those, that little flirting, that those cute little touches, there's this void and there's this slow disconnection. So I really appreciate that you brought that up. Thank you. Yeah. What was your, I wanted to hear your first tip. Well, mine is communicate your needs, likes, and dislikes. So this isn't just about verbalizing your desires. It's also about creating a safe space where both of you can feel heard and valued and respected. And I got to say, this has really improved the longer we've been married, but it's Mm -hmm. you think you're doing so well when you're first together and everything, and you don't realize until years later that you're like, oh, I was not communicating nearly enough, or I was not expressing it because I wanted to be aware of them and what they wanted. But it's really important to do both. They want to know too, right? Well, and I don't know, Kendra, I was just going to say, I don't know if this is something that's known and talked about. Because when I was first married, I felt totally lost. And Mm -hmm. I, I mean, we are encouraged to talk, but I didn't know what that looked like. And so I just think communication around intimacy is so important because I think lots of times we can feel like we're getting lost in that area. I don't know. Do you have any tips on how people can be more open and start to have those conversations, even though they're uncomfortable? Because for me, I didn't even know that I was allowed to really have desire. And so what does that look like? And how can we even broach that topic? And where would you send people to even begin to understand this? Oh, that is such a good question. Maybe that's something I need to train more on. I'm just getting educated because I feel depending on where you live, often there's this taboo culture. It's getting better and better, but around intimacy. So having that open culture, especially I think for females to have desires, to have these certain things, it's hard to know how to express that, especially if you've had very little intimate anything, right? It's like, what is this? I don't know how to talk about this. I love that you brought that up because I do think that it's one of those things that is so important. What are the top three causes of divorce, right? It's money, sex, and... I don't remember what the third one I don't was. remember the third one, but those two are like the top two. And I think that so many of the issues within sexual intimacy could be figured out if more conversations were being had. But I think that both men and women don't know how to even broach those topics. So absolutely. And I think that's really when my love life vastly improved. 
When I came back to edit this episode later on, I realized that I forgot to give you crucial information when it comes to having those difficult conversations about intimacy. And that is foundational, so I'm going to quickly give you a couple of those and then jump right back into the episode. So I apologize for the random pop-in dialogue, but it was worth it, so here you go. Sometimes I forget how difficult this process can be because it is quite the process and it can take a long time. But I want to share a few quick tips that my clients said really worked for them and that also worked in my relationship when it comes to knowing how to talk about these things and what you can do to make that a more successful conversation. Just remember that it does take time and it really helps the safer you feel in your relationship and how secure your relationship is. Is there trust? And if there isn't, maybe that needs to be addressed in counseling or otherwise. I also notice that there's a lot of fear here, and sometimes it just takes trying it to see how it will go and trying it in small doses. For example, my clients like to start by talking about non-sexual touch and then see how things are received, that feedback, both positive and essentially negative. Another thing you can do is really make sure that you're receptive and willing to hear both the likes and the dislikes so that it can be a safe space and you're modeling what you want back, especially when there is feedback involved. This is about increasing connection and not fighting over past things. So some things that help is looking into each other's eyes and touching lovingly. Don't roll your eyes. It doesn't have to be this big mushy thing. It can just be showing up and being really present changes the tone of that conversation. And speaking of tone, also remember to soften your tone and speak quieter and speak slower. Start with those good things. And if that's going well, then you can slowly progress into just sharing a couple of the things that maybe you'd like to try or you didn't really like and why. I know a lot of my clients have been in situations where there's some abuse or something like that. And until they open their mouth and attempt to verbalize some of those things they're feeling, they don't even really understand why they don't like something. Most of the time when the spouse understands a little bit more of the why, they are completely on board and excited that they have more guidance in what to do or not to do in your intimate and romantic life. So these are just a few brief tips. There is so much I could tell you when it comes to having these conversations and exactly how to go about it. But for the sake of time, I'll just start you off there. And remember, it is a process. And every time you have success, just go back into it a little bit later. Most of my clients find that it's actually kind of fun. Once it was successful and that stigma or that fear is taken away, then it's like, oh, I guess we can do this. And then they start doing that more and more often until it's not this fearful, scary thing. And instead, something both partners look forward to. I was going to go right into my other one that goes with that, but I'm going to wait until your first one. Ooh, okay. The one that I have next is non-sexual physical touch. At least for me, I know that that increases my desire for intimacy and my connection there. It's just showing each other that you're thinking of each other, right? Grabbing the hand, putting your arm around them, rubbing their arm as you're walking past them, things like that. I think just show that you are connected to them and you're aware that they're in your space, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like that one's really important for me in this realm. And that goes right along with what you said before with just that 
couple time and flirting and all of those things are very connected to just feeling appreciated, feeling desired, even in a non-sexual way. So important. Okay, so mine that went along with that was, it's okay to say no to intimacy. And I actually learned this from when we were doing couples counseling for a little while. I remember that being like such a foreign concept. Not that I was just always like, yes, yes, yes. But I also had a lot of guilt about if I didn't want Mm -hmm. to. And then I realized this, I started to notice this pattern in my female clients, especially where some, some of them said they have never said no. And I was like, like, yeah. And does that foster intimacy? We're talking some serious resentment built up over years or a lot of other things could potentially be happening. Some of them weren't that resentful, but they thought that they had to do that. But it doesn't build the desire. It doesn't build the longing for which your husband, like our husbands want to be wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, and this like duty bound like, thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This counselor, he said, it's not okay to say yes and then not be able to be present. Like if you're saying yes, it means that you can show up in that experience. And if you can't, then communicate that. There needs to be this safe place for both of you for that to be okay. And then if you need to talk about it later, you can. But often it can be like, it's not just like a hard no. It's like, you know, I'm not really feeling it tonight. And maybe even explaining why, where your head's at. But I would love Mm -hmm. to do this tomorrow. Or, you know, just some sort of thing. It's just like with a friend. You don't want a friend to just totally bail on you for something you're looking forward to. So a softer way is be like, oh, I can't tonight, but I would love to go to the movies with you tomorrow. You know, something like that. Yeah, which actually leads right into my last one, mm-hmm. which is communicating around these things with both truth and love. Terry Real, he is, I want, he's a therapist, I want to say, and that is like his big focus is communicating, addressing issues with both truth and love. He says that oh, I don't know the exact wording, but what he portrays is truth without love is destructive and love without truth is enabling. And so say that if we're going back to like Jennifer Finlayson five, she often talks about that uh, relationship dynamic of a one up one down. Right. So often say that a woman who tends to go in a one down, she always is saying yes. Well, she's enabling this relationship dynamic because she's not being honest, but she's being loving. She's doing it in the name of love to show her spouse love, but she's losing herself and she's not being completely honest with herself and her spouse. But then for her to then be only truthful without any love and to be like, you're selfish. I hate this. Right. That would just be hurtful and harmful. And so like you were saying doing it from a place of, I love you. This does matter to me. And I am not feeling good. I, while I value you, I also value myself and I need rest right now, you know? And so not making it this personal thing, but to do it with both truth and love. I love that concept, but it is a hard balance to find. And I love every time you bring that into Jennifer Finlayson Fife with the one up, one down thing. I don't know who Terry Real is, but I really like what you said. Will you say that again? Mm, yeah. So 
he talks about the importance of communicating with both truth and love and how truth without love is destructive. I don't know if destructive is the word that he uses, but basically okay. it's harmful. And love without truth is enabling. Oh, that is so good. Especially that second part I love. Love without mm-hmm. truth is enabling because we do that often, don't we? Yeah. yeah. And I see that in a lot of my clients and I haven't been able to put it in quite that way, but that's, I'm totally going to use that one. Thank I know. You, I, Terry I, Real. It really, yeah. Thank you, Terry Real. <laughs> Come talk to us. <laughs> yeah. Be on the show. Yeah. <laughs> that one was really impactful for me too, because I often would justify that one down behavior the doing it out of obligation mindset because I'm doing it out of love. But then when I heard him say that, it was really powerful for me and really resonated with me because I was like, oh, that's not actually loving, though. That's more enabling and not taking ownership of where I'm at. Yeah, so beautiful. Such incredible advice. I'm glad that you brought that to the show today. Thank you. My last one is something you've already said a few times. Intimacy begins with connection bids. So this is things like I already mentioned, the magic ratio, that gratitude, your attention, even things like love languages. Like I really love acts of service. And it depends on who it is. But for my husband, since he's not a big gift giver, if he does something out of the blue to show that I'm on his mind, it just means a lot to me. But I'd say my biggest one is acts of service for sure so if he's like doing stuff in the kitchen that whole thing like sex begins in the kitchen <laughs> yeah totally or he for real. sometimes i think i embarrass him i'm like oh that is so sexy when he's doing like a job <laughs> and he's like oh my gosh <laughs> deep down he likes it though <laughs> i hope so <laughs> oh my goodness no but it's true i feel like on both sides i think that for emotional connection women having men intentionally put effort into the emotional connection Mm -hmm. increases our desire for the sexual intimacy and when we put in to women i would say how jennifer finlayson five puts the higher desire lower desire because it could be different for each bull but the person who tends to not want sexual intimacy as much when they put in the effort there that makes the other spouse uh into the physical realm, then the other spouse then has this motivation and desire to put into the emotional side of things, right? It's like this builds together. Oh, that's such a good way to put it because it's true. I see that with all of my couples too. There's generally one and often it is what's like culturally normal. Like the man has the higher sex drive, but like you just said, not all the time. It's very hard for us to connect with men when there's not an emotional connection. And it's just the same with men connecting with us. I know it's not just male and female here. We wouldn't expect something like that. So it's so important that we recognize how important it is to our partner. Or maybe they are more emotional and we need to give more of those emotional bids. But instead of saying that ours is the top one and the one that's the most important, We can't really say that, right? Because we both have needs and honoring both needs. It's hard for even me to remember that sometimes to not think of intimacy or physicality as being maybe somewhat shallow or lesser than an emotional Mm -hmm. connection because they are both so important. Yeah, I want to say I cannot remember which podcast I was listening to. Um, 
Probably Jennifer can listen. <laughs> Jennifer, Maybe we come talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That would be amazing. But yeah, I want to say she was trying to say, be intentional about giving without the expectation of receiving. And for women, I do want to put a caution out there because I do think that lots of times women do give, 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 give and don't receive. But what she was trying to draw attention to is give from a place of truly wanting to give, not from that place of obligation or I have to or I should, but looking at your spouse and seeing them and really appreciating them. And whether that's just grabbing their hand and giving them a hand massage while you're sitting next to them on the couch or tickling their back while you're sitting next to them in church, just to show them in that physical way that you love and appreciate them with no strings attached. It's been really powerful for me because I have often looked at it that same way where like, I don't know, physical intimacy is somehow less than rather Mm -hmm. than this opportunity to express love and appreciation and desire for my spouse and to build them in a way that is so inherent to who they are as a person. Oh, absolutely. It actually reminds me of a very current example. This morning, my husband usually takes my exchange student to school since she can't take the bus out of district. And he decided he had some other things that needed to be done. He didn't communicate what those things were. He just asked me to take her. And because of the morning traffic, that essentially ended up putting me back an hour, which may not be a huge deal, but my prime brain functioning time is from 7 a.m. to about 1, and that is the best work time I have. Keep in mind, I have just told you, I have not had a schedule due to children being home for almost a month. I inwardly wanted to punch the wall or somebody's throat really badly. (laughs) And instead, I just said, I was inwardly thinking, okay, this is not an unfair request. He works all week. He has a little time off this morning. I was thinking those things. And then I said, yes. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, I matter too. Like, ah, just wanting to scream and so resentful and angry. So I was doing it from a place of resentment instead of what you talked about. As I was thinking it over, I was like, I need to communicate, going back to communicating. So I said, for future reference, just a reminder that it's really important to me that I have that that 7 a.m. start time. And you guys have worked out an agreement. So if it's something where that doesn't work for you, then if you could let her know she needs to take the bus, get dropped off after the bus or whatever. Anyway, he's like, why didn't you just tell me that? And that, that there's some elevated speaking at this point because we're both frustrated. And I was like, because I didn't want to feel guilty because because I didn't want you to be mad at me. Like, Look at how honest you guys are, though. Like, yeah. I think that that is so amazing that that self-awareness, that reflection, we're not going to do it perfect right. every time. That's kind of the point is we're in this relationship and doing it messily. but how can we then show up more honestly and keep trying? And I feel like that's such a perfect example. And you being honest and being like, I didn't want you to be mad. I didn't want to feel guilty. Like owning that instead of being like, well, because you told me and did it right. Like pointing the blame and shame toward him. Okay. That might've happened for a second back and forth. So, I mean, we're not perfect, but yes, that was all laced in a little bit. Right. But the self-awareness, sometimes that's a part of the process is like, 
this isn't fair. You're doing this. And then kind of both of you being like, wait, that's inconsistent. Calling each other out, right? So having the conversation. You guys are amazing. Oh, thanks. Sometimes you're like getting your little toddler out. Like that ego kind of gets in the way. (laughs) And then it goes away a little bit. And you're like, okay, here's my teenage self. Here's my adult self. Okay, we're here. We've arrived. (laughs) Maybe. Am I here? Yeah. (laughs) Until tomorrow. And then. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on. I really love how we both kind of had very similar points, even though maybe different ways that we said it, but it really seemed to me for both improving intimacy and connection, it really seemed like it was a lot about communication. I heard a lot and Mm -hmm. touch. Well, I don't know. What would you say the common theme is that you noticed? Yeah, I intentional communication. Yeah. And along with that, the conflict resolution Mm -hmm. and then intentional touch, I would say. These seem so simple. And yet each one of these things sometimes takes decades to get right. And even then, I feel like we're going to die. Well, and then you have like a new wrench thrown in things like every day is new. I I was talking to one of my new sisters-in-law and I'm like, you never have marriage figured out. Because it's always new. It's always new. You're either a parent of toddlers and then you're a parent of school age kids and then you're a parent of teen kids. That impacts your relationship and how you're able to show up with each other. And so it's an opportunity to learn within every stage. And I don't think that that is an indicator that we're doing something wrong or that we haven't figured it out. It's just a part of it, you know? (laughs) I think that's why it's so important because it's the best laboratory for reaching your higher potential because you Mm -hmm. have that safe, secure relationship to practice these vital skills. So then you can go take those to parenting, take those to relationships and friendships and extended family relationships. It's hard for a reason. This is accelerating Mm -hmm. lab work. Oh, yeah. I've never looked at marriage that way before, but there you go. There it is. The accelerated lab of marriage. (laughs) Thank you again. And next month we will be back with something amazing. So stay tuned with an extra special surprise. Well, my friend, you have a fantastic day. And thank you always for your wisdom and your laughter and this effortless engaging with you. It's just the highlight. It's just working with you. You are. A beautiful human, and I love you so much. Oh, you. You are too. Thank you, Kendra, for this opportunity. I hope you enjoyed the episode, my friends. This is something we all need to hear more about because it is a challenging thing to navigate, especially when people don't talk about it all that much. It's not like we learned this in school. It's not like we have these conversations regularly with friends or loved ones, although I hope you do. Use these tips that you learned today and seek to improve and increase that emotional and physical connection with your spouse. Be proactive and show them that you care. And share this episode with a friend if you know of someone that's struggling and they just need a few tips and pointers on how to do that, how to begin that process. Take your romance to the next level this month. And if you need more guidance, go ahead and go to fulfillmenttherapy.org and sign up for one-on-one coaching. I offer mental health and wellness coaching, and this is a little different than therapy because it is a more directive and proactive with a lot of accountability and tools used. 
and it's also faster with less sessions and more accelerated growth. You can go to the show notes for links for that to sign up, as well as our chat feature if you have quick questions that you want to ask before you sign up for anything, whether it's that or our retreat. But go ahead and check out all those things on the show notes or on fulfillmenttherapy.org. As always, have an amazing, incredible, fantastic week and month, especially as you focus on increasing that connection and love. Because let's be honest, my friends, that is what is going to improve your home life, your family life, and your personal life when you feel really connected to your spouse. I'll see you back here in a few days. Take care. Hey, friends. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, chances are someone else would too. Would you take 30 seconds to share this with a friend who's looking for greater family fulfillment? And while you're sharing, tell me what you think about the show by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. It refuels me when I hear this podcast is helping you, no matter what your house or your hair looks like. I'll meet you back here every Monday and Thursday morning for more episodes. Until then.